You're listening to Trek FM. Hello and welcome to episode 20 of Commentary Trek Stars, a show which deals with the work of Star Trek creators outside of Star Trek. Today we are beginning a new series on Damon Lindelof as a feature film writer. And today we are going to be looking at his work in Star Trek. I'm Mike. I'm Max. And today we are joined by Robert. How's it going, Robert? Good, good. Um, I just wish the weather would make up its mind out here in California, but other than that, it's good. Yeah. Complaining about the weather in California. Yeah, I know. I, we have no sympathy. You sound ridiculous. <laughs> we, no, no, no. In the past few weeks, we've gone from 90 to... 65 and rain to 85 again to next week, 65 and rain. Yeah, uh, here in Chicago, we have absolutely <laughs> zero sympathy for you because I was shoveling snow in March. So uh, Ro- Robert is an Angels fan, but we won't hold that against him. We, we've had another Angels fan on the show before, and he was a very nice person. So Robert, a lot of people would probably know you from Twitter. That's where we met you. Um, what's your Twitter handle? My Twitter handle is at Robert Reyes, R-E-Y-E-S, yes. Okay, and that's where people can find you. Now, you're, you're obviously a, a pretty big Star Trek fan. What, what's, your, what's your relationship with Star Trek? How did you uh, first come about the show and whatnot? Um, well, I'm probably what you would probably call a second-generation TOS fan since I grew up watching TOS when I was a kid. And then that would transition to right around the time when TNG started. So I was pretty much growing up with it. A next generation TOS fan. <laughs> yes. Because the first Trek movie I ever saw, and this is going to be a really dated reference to some of the listeners, is my great-grandfather, he had select TV in our front room. And um, one night when I was five, they were showing Search for Spock on cable. So my first uh, Trek film was Search for Spock. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, well, I was no. five. I didn't know. Okay, all right. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we'll get into uh, what you think about the new Star Trek movie and the current direction that it's going in in a little bit, because that's kind of what the the main theme of, of today's episode is going to be about. Our, our new series is on um, Damon Lindelof who is the producer of Star Trek 2009. And then also he's producing as well as writing Star Trek Into Darkness. So in essence, he is the newest Star Trek writer. And um, because of that, we are going to take a look at what other movies he's written. There's only been two of them so far. It's Cowboys and Aliens and Prometheus, and we'll get to those in the next couple weeks. But right now we're going to look at Lindelof, um, kind of like what led him to uh, his involvement with Star Trek, and then also uh, his work on, on the new Star Trek, which is kind of mysterious, maybe appropriately so. Yeah, he's a box with a question mark on it. <laughs> so, uh, you know, Lindelof came to 
Star Trek through television. That's where his origins are. He's a television writer and producer, but primarily writer. He's a he's a writing TV producer. writer working in Star Trek. I know it's, it's weird. Ridiculous. The shows that he has written uh, for are Wasteland, Undressed, Nash Bridges, Crossing Jordan, and then he co-created Lost. Now I know you guys have both seen all of Lost, correct? Yes. Okay, I've only seen season one, and I'm working my way through it, and I will get to it. So, Robert, what what are your thoughts on Lost? Um, well, I think without ruining anything, you find out the island is really a metaphor for an island. Okay. That's not bad. Thank you. Yeah, because I'm one of those people who, when I still have the finale on my hard drive, and I'm watching it, and I'm like, going, what? What? <laughs> <laughs> I do that, too. I watch things out of spite. So so there had to be something which intrigued you about the show enough to watch it for six years. I mean, did did you enjoy the show on the whole? Yeah, um, it was well-written. It was thought-provoking. It was intriguing. You actually were invested in these characters. So, Max, n- knowing you, you know, anyone else, like, like with Robert, I can say, like, you watched it for six years. You must have liked it. Mm-hmm. With you... I can safely assume that you would watch something for six years despite not liking it. Oh, no, no. I've pointed this out many, many times. Uh-huh. Liking a thing has nothing to do with whether or not I think it's good. Okay. And I actually liked most of Lost. Okay. And when they were doing ridiculous things that I thought were dramatically insane, I was still thinking, it's amazing that millions of people are watching a show where this is happening. Because on a certain level, I mean, it was a science fiction show that, like, managed to get the audi- like a huge audience, and nobody seemed to mind when, you know, time travel happened. That's a huge deal. Okay. So to me, that was a pretty bold thing to do. I'm impressed by that. And when I hate on Lost, it's more like I'm busting its chops. Okay. You know, which is, I think, sort of how I feel about Lindelof, because it's like, I like him. Mm-hmm. Like most of the, like anytime he's on TV or he, he gives an interview where he talks about his own shows, I'm like, I like that guy. And, and I can still bust his chops because most of the time when I feel that there's a mistake, I'm not really, I don't really believe that it's because he thought like, I know I'll do this thing that's stupid. Mm-hmm. I don't think that happened. I think that some, some other factors were at play and especially cause he's always working with a bunch of other people. So would you recommend the show or not? I recommend I recommend Lost with with um with an entire salt lick along with it. Not just a grain, but a whole salt lick. Because there will be points in that show. If you are watching the show the way a lot of people watch that show, there will be points where you're like, Nope, I'm out. That's stupid. I'm done. I'm not dealing with this. And this is my model for, for Lost in general. Because Lost builds the builds its episodes this way. It's like in the, the first ep- in the first part of the episode, the first act, it's like, Hey, there's a big mysterious box. Should we open that box? And somebody says, no, we shouldn't. And somebody else says, I think we should. And then one of them has a flashback. And they're like, man, this is like that time when I was in that situation where I was too stubborn to change my ways. And I ended up getting caught in some negative repercussions because of my stubbornness. And now I'm in present day dealing with the box opening issue, still being the same kind of stubborn, but not quite learning the lesson that I must have learned back then because it is taking place in the past because it is a flashback and by the end of the episode they're like all right you know what i'm not that stubborn on that issue anymore let's deal with the box issue the way you want to deal with the box issue and they open the box and they go oh 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 you know what's in the box uh uh mysterious directions to a different box somewhere (laughs) on the island (laughs) 
Okay. All right. Every episode of Lost. So, so this all leads to Star Trek 2009. Now, obviously, it was directed by J.J. Abrams and where Damon Lindelof, as well as, you know, the rest of the Supreme Court, as they call it, comes into play is through their connection to Abrams. Mm-hmm. You got Roberto Orsi and Alex Kurtzman, who worked with him on Alias, and you've got Brian Burke, who runs his production company. And then you got Damon Lindelof, who uh, co-created Lost with him. But it's still bizarre that Lindelof was involved because he wasn't a writer, unlike Orsi and Kurtzman. With Orsi in particular being a huge Star Trek fan, it only makes sense for Abrams to collaborate with Kurtzman and Orsi as the writers on Star Trek. But then bringing Lindelof on, that to me is really interesting. He was a producer, but if you listen to him talk about it and everything, he's very much a creative producer. What are your thoughts on Star Trek 2009? For an action adventure movie, it was a great movie, but I'm still one of those people that's on the fence about wanting to call it a Star Trek movie. Um, I agree with, as someone on another podcast refers to it, Space Adventure 2009, but they had to do something to, to bring new blood into the franchise after, after the creative team they had for so long got complacent with Enterprise. So they had to do something, and what we got, well, it wasn't a bad movie, it's a good movie, but it, was, it wasn't Trek as we know it. So Max, you and I have obviously talked at great length about Star Trek mm-hmm. 2009 on well, our other podcasts and whatnot. I think, no, I think the, the primary thing is that we keep going back to the exact same thing. I say over and over again, it's thin. Okay, but yeah, it's but thin. Well, it's a thin movie. It's not. It's not potent. It doesn't have a lot of meat on that bone, and like maybe that's exactly what Star Trek needed, but. That's not why I'm excited about Star Trek. That's not why I watch these shows. That's not why, you know, I will actually watch Voyager again. It's because there are interesting ideas. There are good stories and there are cool cool thoughts to be had from this show, from this history. And the, the fact is that when you turn Star Trek into a, you know, a dramatic action movie about guys in space then you, you're you divorcing it from everything that makes it necessary to call it Star Trek. I mean, like I, I don't even know why it's necessary to have Vulcans and the Enterprise when they're not going to be going into any sort of, like, uh, discussion or, or like, like uh, um, I guess, dialectic on this these issues. I mean, it's not a sociological thing. It's not anthropological. It's not science fiction even. I mean, it's almost just an action movie with spaceships. And so the idea that people call it, you know, Space Adventure 2009, that's very unfortunately accurate. And you can make it good, but why is it called Star Trek? Me personally, I don't um, really have a problem with it being different from other Star Trek, and I, in fact, quite like what it is. And I'm also sort of not going to base my assessment of the film on how similar it is or dissimilar to what has come before. 
I don't really see that as being a uh, uh, an I issue of say. quality. I think I think it is uh, what a lot of people are saying because like, you hear all the time. It's not what I'm saying at all. Well, it, may, it might not be what you're saying, but like you you hear all the time. You know, like well, Robert just said it. Like, no, but I think I, I think enjoy that, this movie quite a bit. Yeah, but it's not Star Trek. I think that what what what's happening there is that people are not. Essentially, they they haven't thought about it to the point where they're able to verbalize precisely what's wrong. Okay. And I think that what everyone's saying is like it's 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 not it's not right. It's wrong. It's it's wrong. It's not the right thing. And then you struggle to find out why. And I've actually had to think about it for a while because we've had this back and forth on a number of occasions. And every time I'm like, no, wait, no, it's more like this. And now I'm actually getting pretty close to exactly what it is. And it's simply that it's not doing what star trek did it's not using these things to ask questions okay but maybe it's just there's not using those things to ask the the same questions no it's not using those things to ask questions see i think that it is asking questions it's asking questions that every other movie every movie that isn't star trek ever has done perhaps but uh at the same time i think that they're interesting questions i mean we've talked about this you know you your your sort of constant refrain is it's not about anything and then you know i can well, tell you yeah. a bunch of things that it is about it's about you know stupid things it's about childish things it's about the kind of thing that i mean it it lacks nuance that episodes of muppet babies had right and i i totally disagree with that assessment i mean you know we 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 Get into this, you know. Well, over the course of the entire commentary we did for it, it was was like it's about him becoming better, and I'm like, that's not a thing. That's that's not a that's not a motivation for a story. And and I totally, totally disagree with that. I I can't see how that is not a a, a motivation for a story. It's not about you know what's out there necessarily, which is what a lot of Star Trek is about. It's it's about what's. In oh, here. you've said the thing that's yeah, really I terrible. Said, I and said cheesy. the thing, and you know what? Because it sums it up, and it's not—it's it, perfectly valid. And it's also simple and easy. Maybe it is. Maybe it's not. But you know, all I know is that you know I was emotionally impacted by this space adventure. You know, yeah. I had a, a really fun time watching it, just like everyone else did. I enjoyed, you know, the the uh, the modern filmmaking techniques and whatnot. But at the same time. You know, it really did uh, strike a chord emotionally with me. Well, I mean, that's the thing that, that Star Trek that... did really well. It used it used emotion to ask questions. And when when you come out from a movie having experienced a profound emotion, but having asked no questions of yourself, oh. you have not learned anything. But it did from ask. having those emotions questioned. I mean, that's the thing Star Trek did so well. Right. It made you feel something, and then you had to wonder why you felt that. And usually, it was because you were being kind of stupid. And no. a human and reacting to things emotionally. No, I mean, this, you know, th- this movie did totally make me ask questions of myself. You know, it, it made me Fine. rethink, <laughs> you know, what I was doing with my life, you know. All right. it, it made me uh, change my, my, my behavior and, and, and uh, you know, ch- sort of reach for something more. Oh. And uh, I, I, I think that there's, there's total, total validity in that. Okay, so now that we're all through that, you know, and we and we've talked about what Star Trek 09 is, let's talk about the idea of basically hiring the lost team to to make it. What what do you think they were thinking? I think they needed somebody that had a track record. 
Because they could have gone one of two ways with the 2009 vote. They could have brought in the last team that they ended up doing, or they could have gone with some unknowns who had no track record, who probably might have made a horrible movie instead of what we got. So in a lot of ways, you think that uh, they went with, with the lost people because it was the safe choice? Yes. I, I would agree with that. Would you Would you agree with that, Max? I absolutely agree with that, which is why it's a terribly stupid thing to do. Do you think it was a good decision creatively to hire the lost team to make Star Trek? If you disregarding what the movie actually is, yeah, just yeah. based on the decision, let's does it to, seem like a good idea? Yeah, let's go back to 2008. <laughs> yeah, okay? does it seem like a good idea? 2008, you you find out that the guys who 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 are making Lost are going are now now have the the reins to the Star Trek franchise. Does this make you happy or does this make you sad? A little from column A, a little from <laughs> column B. Okay. Um, in 2008, I would probably be. I was probably going. Okay. That works. We need to bring in new blood. And today I'd probably say, yeah, they had to bring in new blood. So, Max, going back to 2008, Max, you find out that you find out that the lost guys are making uh, Star Trek. What? <laughs> That's ridiculous. <laughs> I was really upset at Lost because it really felt like it was stringing me along. It was like, here's a cool thing. Keep watching. That's the last one for a while. We'll hold it back until next year. And then you'll get another cool thing, and then you'll keep watching, because you're a slave. And, and, and Alias was exactly the same thing. And, uh, and that was very frustrating. So the idea of a bunch of teases being hired to make a Star Trek movie was very frustrating. But uh, I, I'm, I'm fairly cynical about it, and I tend to think that they didn't take into account the actual creative history of these people at all. But they simply said, those guys know how to make some cash. Okay. Job done. Let's hire those guys. Right. And and my fan reaction was, it couldn't possibly be worse than Nemesis. Okay. All right. It actually couldn't possibly be. You consider Nemesis to be the worst Trek film ever? Um, after Star Trek Three, yes. Well, I would, there's a movie that comes to mind, but I know better than the name it. It's the one that's between Voyage Home and Undiscovered Country. That's that's uh, one of the worst. The Frontier Finale. That movie's great. <laughs> <In French>. <laughs> <laughs> to, to me, I think uh, Insurrection is is the worst of all the Star Trek movies. But I, I even enjoy that one. So, yeah, it's ridiculous. I was very excited about these guys taking over Star Trek. Not so much because because of, you were such a big fan of. <laughs> Not not so much because of Lost, but because of J.J. Uh, Abrams' involvement in it. I thought that Mission Impossible 3 was an amazing movie. I, I was a really big fan of Alias, and um, I did enjoy uh, what, what I had seen of Lost. So, to me, it, it was great that, that they were getting all of these guys, primarily from Mission Impossible 3, to come on and take over Star Trek. I couldn't have been more excited about it. And, um, you know, it... it lived up to and exceeded expectations um in some ways i think that star trek 2009 is star trek's finest hour i think it's kind of where star trek um grew up in a sense and uh great i, we're, I they're gonna kick us off the trek right now <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh 
<laughs> moving moving forward, Star Trek Into Darkness. Now here's here's the movie which Damon Lindelof is both producing and writing. We've seen a lot of stuff about it. We've seen all the trailers. It's coming out in a couple what months. What have you seen about it? Well, you, okay. Everyone else who's listening to this and is it, you you live in a little bubble. I've where, seen the trailer. Okay, and and all, all that stuff. You've heard so much stuff, so much speculation, so much everything. But that's the problem. I mean, like every time there's a, there's a story, it's like we think it might be this. Well, I mean, there, there are things which we've seen now. You know, we well, there's the comic book which I, I actually haven't read. There's the the IMAX prologue. You know, where I mean, we've seen mm-hmm. the first nine minutes of the movie or whatever it is. You know, I mean, there's a lot of stuff out there. There's, there's enough stuff out there to sort of have an opinion of, of what you think this thing will be, you know? Have an opinion on what you think this thing will be? Yeah, I mean, obviously, we can't judge it, you know, without seeing it, but we can... My you know, opinion of what I think this thing will be sucks. Okay, we can talk about our expectations, you know? Because now, I haven't seen them. Okay, now, now Robert, <laughs> what, what, are your, what are your thoughts? Based on everything that you've seen of Star Trek Into Darkness, what are your thoughts on it right now? They're trying to raise the bar, and they're actually there's going to be a story. And to what you would, what, what you two guys addressed earlier, I think they are going to ask questions in this movie, and it's going to be more of a Star Trek film in the traditional sense of there's going to be questions, and they have to deal with these these issues along the way, and you're going to see more of the development of the Kurt Spock McCoy relationship. I hope so. So, so you think that even though uh, Star Trek '09 did not quite uh, blow your mind like you would hope it would, that this one has the potential for being uh, quite a good movie and quite yeah. a good Star Trek movie. It'll be the Wrath of Khan of Star Trek films. Wait, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> Is it going to be Khan or not? No. You don't. You don't think it's going to be Khan? I don't. Everyone else thinks it is, so I don't know. We shall see. Well, Max, I can tell you why I don't think it's going to be kind. Of. Why is that? There's never an actual mystery. All of his things, the, the, he always has all this secrecy around his movies and his projects. Like, oh, we don't want to reveal the spoilers. No spoilers. Then you watch the movies. Like, no, there wasn't really anything to hide, was there? There wasn't really a mystery, was there at all? What was he hiding? The monster in Cloverfield. That people get killed in Mission Impossible 3? There's no mystery. It's not going to be Khan. It's going to be a guy. You know what I bet? He's going to have a name. So, so Max, what are your thoughts on what you've seen of Into Darkness? Are, is, are you looking forward to it? Do you think it's going to be good? You know, all that stuff. I don't have a thing about this movie. Like, I, I really don't have a, an opinion or a point of view on it. I haven't seen it. And I'm not really dreading it or excited about it at all. I mean, it's kind of an, it's kind of a non-entity to me, you know. Well, for me personally, I, I cannot wait to see this movie. But then again, I thought that the first one was absolutely amazing. Um, you know, looking at it, there's a lot of things in here which which look fantastic, and and a lot of things where I'm like, hmm. That's an interesting direction for them to go in, but I trust these guys enough, all of these guys enough, to uh, 
let them take me wherever they want to go. I don't care if they're making a Star Trek movie or a Mission Impossible movie or a Crossing Jordan movie. I will be there on day one to You'll see. You'll donate it. to that Kickstarter campaign. I will. I would donate. <laughs> so, so yeah, I, I I cannot wait to see Into Darkness. I'm I'm looking forward to it more than any other movie uh, which is coming out in the next uh, year or two, really. So probably until the new, probably until uh, episode seven, actually, not counting Paul Thomas Anderson movies. Okay. Um, so yeah, I, I I cannot wait for Into Darkness. And you gotta I, have audio drops because there's got to be like some sort of like bullhorn that can go off when you say something like that. I'm really looking forward to the new Star Trek movie made by these guys who haven't made anything moving, and also the new Star Wars movie made by the same people because I love fascism. Okay, all right. One voice to rule them all. One voice who's never said anything particularly weird or interesting. Okay, whatever. So, <laughs> so I am looking forward to this movie quite a bit. But anyway, we are out of time. Um, Robert, do you have any final thoughts on Damon Lindelof's work on Star Trek? You know, how you feel about you know, his involvement with uh, both uh, Star Trek 09 and, and in particular Into Darkness? You know the idea that the creator of Lost is now has a hand in in making Star Trek. Um, I just hope that they actually work out an actual ending and not leave us all hanging as they did the way Lost ended. Okay. But there's an actual satisfying ending that we can all walk away from and agree. Okay, yeah, that works. Not with the ending of Lost. You're like what? <laughs> so Max. Your thoughts on Damon Lindelof's involvement in Star Trek? Um, well, there's there's sort of a division in the, the Star Trek fan community now. There's a there's a rift in the fandom because there are a lot of people that are not on board with this new series. Mm-hmm. And um, while I love fomenting a good revolution and uh, cynicism and hatred and negativity. I don't think it's warranted here because I don't think that this is the the end of everything possibly good. I think it might just be, you know, sending up a flare to get a bunch of people to come over to hang out at your place. And then you can say, hey, we've got some cool games over in the corner. Maybe you should have some fun with those. Mm -hmm. So in a way, if this is just the big tent that they're putting up to get a bunch of people involved, I'm okay with that. But I'm waiting for the shoe to drop where they say, hey, two shows on TV simultaneously this fall. When that happens, I will, I will, I will sign my name to whatever fandom uh, uh, letter that they, they require me to sign my name to. And uh, and there are people who who are not fans of Damon Lindelof because they watched Lost and they're very frustrated with it. And I understand that completely. But I mean, if you watch Lindelof in interviews and you read articles with him and and you know anything he's written that's not you know his his fiction where he just talks as himself. He's a very smart guy. He's a very interesting guy. He's got a lot of good thoughts on things. And the fact is, like a lot of people, his his nonfiction stuff, the stuff where he's just being himself or talking about things, is way more fascinating than his fiction stuff. Because basically, he's he's, he's more interested in the thinking than the doing. Mm-hmm. And and like the, his few appearances as himself in in you know lighthearted entertainment show that he's also very funny. Yeah. And that's a very good thing. And especially in, like, you know, the Lost interviews, he's very funny about Lost. Mm-hmm. And that, to me, shows a, a level of, of self-awareness that is very welcome for somebody working in such a, a, a rarefied and often ivory-towerified field. 
as big budget science fiction blockbusters. Yeah. All right. Yeah. For for me personally, I I am uh, looking forward to, to to this new movie and and his involvement in it. Uh, I I am totally okay with them getting the guy from Lost to uh, you know have have a, a say in the the future of this franchise. I don't know if I would necessarily give him full control of the franchise, at least not at this stage in the game. But if they were to say that, I'd who's, be like who's Lindelof. You, know, you wouldn't give him full control of the franchise? I mean, I, he wouldn't be my first choice. I, I, I'm much more comfortable with uh, there being this committee with Abrams and, and Kurtzman and Orsi and everything. But, I mean, Lindelof, I think, would be capable. Like, if Lindelof was like, I'm going to be you know, producing the new Star Trek show, I'd be like, all right, cool. I want them to hire a crazy person who has insane ideas, who believes that, that, that there are vampires that are turning invisible and stalking him in the night. Because somebody with crazy ideas who lives their life in such a bizarre world, that is a person who might come up with something amazing. Kind of and sound- a committee is a really good way of having a movie that's entertaining to a lot of people, but doesn't mm. do anything impressive. No, I don't see it as that type of committee, because it's not a bunch of people who are like looking after certain interests. It's They're looking after of- money. No, 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 not this committee. I mean, there is another committee. And that hires this, this committee. <laughs> right. That hires this committee. You're no, saying no, you no, wouldn't no, no, give no. him complete no. control. See, I would give him complete control. You know why? Because he might do something nuts. Okay, okay, but here's the thing, right? Like, I see there being a higher committee who hired one guy and one guy who very... This is so Catholic, bro. Very intelligently... <laughs> so Catholic. ...decided... <laughs> How's the new Pope going for you? You like his opinions on things? Okay, all right. He, what does he say about Connors? <laughs> all right, okay. Because I think that we should trust his opinion because he was elected by a large committee of people who live all day in robes. Okay, all right. You know what? You know what? Let's just end this right here. <laughs> Robert, where can people find you? Uh, you're on Twitter, right? Again, just at Robert Reyes? Yes, at Robert. They can just find me on Twitter. They can follow me. I follow back. I tweet about a bunch of stuff. Star Trek, um, right now with with sports, we have the Ducks and the Angel season coming up and some just yeah, other that's, random that's, stuff. That's when I'm going to unfollow you, but that's okay. Yeah, the Ducks. Um, Love the Ducks. Go Sox. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, who won yesterday? Who won yesterday? Okay, it was a spring training game. You know what? The ostriches. The ostriches. <laughs> the fighting ostriches won yesterday. Okay. All right. Oh, the professional sports. <laughs> okay. Um, as always, you can find us at uh, our, our other show on CommentaryTrackStars.com, where you can find the commentary that we did with our significant others on Star Trek 09, where we argue for a whole two hours uh, about this topic. And the um, girls say, like, two or three things. Yeah. And um, uh, you can also uh, find us on Twitter at ComTrackStars. You can uh, email us at ComTrackStars at gmail.com. We will be back next week with the second part of our series on Damon Lindelof as a movie writer, where we look at the first movie which he ever wrote, Cowboys and Aliens. And we're going to be joined by John from uh, Nerds with Words, or is it Words with Nerds? I can never remember. Something much more wittier than It's Nerds than with our... Friends. No, I don't think that's what it is. Um, <laughs> it's a play on the game. Okay. Nerds it's, with it's words with nerds. Here, I'm going to say this twice, <laughs> and then I can edit out and and whichever one's good. Words with nerds. 
nerds with words. <laughs> it's words with nerds. Okay, all right, whatever. The guy that that podcast, the dude who's on that podcast, he's going to be on our podcast talking about cowboys with aliens. But... <laughs> Aliens with cowboys. Wait. I don't know. Did you actually do that or were you making a joke? Please tell me you did not actually do that. I was making a joke. Oh, thank God. Oh, thank God. Because me personally, I, as an individual, my own opinions, would have been terrified by that. Okay. Anyway, we'll be back with that guy next week to talk about cowboys and aliens. Thanks for joining us again, Robert. uh, No problem. Good time. We will talk to you soon. Thank you.